and welcome to the Christian Formation Podcast. I'm Raven, and I'm here with Andrew, one of our pastors at Providence Church. The goal of this podcast is to form disciples to live all of life with the presence of God. And we do this through conversations about theology, culture, and stories. Today, we're discussing forming our relationships. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. As promised on the last episode, Andrew, share your exciting news. Yeah, a big announcement is that uh, Bailey and I are having a baby in January, and we just found out it's a little girl. And so we were very excited. We got the two boys, and now we got a little girl coming. That's so excited. And you guys have been hoping to be able to have a little girl. I know. Yeah, we've been praying for it, and yeah, we're very, very excited. Bailey has cried a lot over oh, it. Oh, so, that's very gonna be excited. so sweet. How do you um, think it's going to change your family dynamic? Because right now you have two boys. Yeah, I have no idea. I think I will for sure be a lot softer and uh, I will have to work a lot hard to be diligent and disciplining her. Oh. It'll be very hard. But uh, yeah, it has been... Yeah, it's been crazy. I, it's even just like seeing the ultrasound pictures and stuff mm-hmm. and starting to imagine having a little girl. It It's hard to wrap my mind and heart around. That's so fun, though, that you're already thinking about the relationship and thinking about I what know. it's going to be like and how it's going to impact your family. We're excited for I you know. guys. It's, it will be fun to see just how little girls are different because yeah. both of our boys were very like stereotypical, ton of energy running around breaking things, throwing things, like (laughs) just all that stuff. And so it'll be interesting to see what she's like. Yeah, that's going to be so fun. We're excited for you. Speaking of relationships and dynamics, today we're discussing forming our relationships as part of our spiritual formation series, which if you guys have been tracking along with us, spiritual formation is well, we've kind of defined it on every single episode, but we've done it a little bit different every single time. This time, Andrew, how would you define spiritual formation? Yeah, it's forming ourselves into the likeness of Jesus Christ. And so he has saved us, redeemed us, and he is making us new. And so our spiritual formation is the intentionality that we put behind um, things that we do, things that we engage with, and getting all of ourself more like Jesus. Yeah, that's good. And you could hear that and be like, well, of course that's important because we want to look more like Jesus. But if someone were to ask you, why is spiritual formation important? Yeah, I mean, it's what Jesus came to do for us. So we were created in God's image to live whole and flourishing lives. But because of sin, all of that is now destroyed and broken. Mm -hmm. And so Dallas Willard, who wrote The Renovation of the Heart, who's we're following his outline to spiritual formation, Uh, from that book, he talks about it being uh, that we have a ruined soul that has brought destruction to every other aspect of our life. We think that that's normal life because that's all we know. Um, But when Christ saves us, he doesn't just save us from hell and will bring us to a different place at the end of time, but he's actually making us back into what we were designed to be, which is living in God's image, flourishing with joy and love and care for one another and being cared for and being whole once again. Um, But that's a process that that takes because in this age, from the time that we were saved in Jesus till the time when we're finally saved from all the effects of the world and sin and death, we live in this age of slowly what Paul says, 
putting off the old self and putting on the new. So we are holy and righteous in Jesus. We just forget to live that way often, and we live as our old self, sinful and broken. And so spiritual formation is just practices and areas of our life that are helping us live more like Jesus and less like our broken, ruined self in the fall. Yeah, that's good. And we've talked about topics like forming our feelings, forming our, I don't know, did we do emotions or was that something separate? I think that was something separate. Feelings. Okay. So it was, yeah, thoughts, feelings. Body, will. Body. Oh, and the will, yeah. And then is this our last one or do we have one more? No, we have one more after this one. Gotcha. But yeah, this one he talks about how our relationships are not just something external, but that's a part of who you are is your like social dimension to your life. That's like integral to yourself, which again is interesting because I think we think obviously like our mind or our heart or even our body, like those things we say, well, yeah, of course that's, that's who I am Mm because it's consumed within the physical body that we have and our emotions and thoughts and everything within that. But he would say that your social dimension to your life, your key relationships around you is not just an external aspect of your life that's actually a part of yourself and it's a part of the fall and the broken nature as well as the redemptive nature that we need to continue to form. Interesting. Because when I think of relationships, I don't think them as being connected to spiritual formation all the time, unless you have Mm -hmm. a mentor or something. Yeah. So this is a quote from the beginning of his chapter on forming our relationships. So this is Dallas Willard and he says, the natural condition of life for human beings is one of reciprocal rootedness in others. As firmness of footing is a condition of walking and secure movement, so assurance of others being for us is the condition of stable, healthy living. If it is not there, he says, we are but walking wounded. Our lives more or less are a shamble until we die. Dang. Which is a, yeah, a, a statement at the end there. But he's yeah. basically saying, he gives kind of the illustration. He's like, we need a firmness of footing. So we need like a, a firm ground to walk on. That's what allows us to move and walk. Uh, he says, so too, um, the condition for healthy living in our life is knowing that other people are for us and mm-hmm. having a social connection to people. And it's not just that you, it's nice to have some friends or a healthy family dynamic. He said, that is what allows health in your life because you are more connected to others than you realize. Which is really cool because I feel like as I've lived on my own and then gotten married, I've just realized how important community is. But I love how Dallas Willard says it's not just community, but it's this assurance of others being for you. I feel like that right there sums up kind of what God's taught me of having people for you or in your corner really does create a stability and knowing, oh, I'm cared for, I'm loved, and I'm secure in this relationship. Yep. And this is true from, I mean, you see this from the moment human beings are born. Like, so uh, a baby cries and it's looking to be comforted. I mean, the, what's mm. happening is that baby is trying to make a relational connection with someone that will soothe that that brain or the like frantic nature of the baby. Because this baby is obviously like, we don't know exactly what's going on in them, but they feel hungry. They feel like 
their diaper is wet. They mm-hmm. feel um, like they're alone, and so they cry, and they and that's their response of I something is wrong, and I need someone to soothe me. Uh, and we call that like you know babies are needy or whatever. That's actually the human condition of all of us. We need to know that other people are for us. Now we, as we grow and mature, we can do some of that regulating of our emotions and thoughts on our own. But the healthiest ways that you do that is when you have a foundation of people are actually for me and they teach and train you how to do that. So we know when people have really, really broken family lives or childhoods, it becomes much harder for them to regulate their own emotions or to have stable relationships because that's the foundation that we need. And it's why it's so pivotal as children um, to get that because that doesn't ever go away. We as adults can mask some of that, that we don't need people, that we can function without people. It's actually not true. It's just Hmm. that it's vulnerable to admit that. And especially when you have maybe destructive relationships in the past, uh, it's really hard to engage in that. But Willard would say that is a key part of you living a functional, healthy life, which then is why that's connected to our spiritual formation. Because what we're saying in all these episodes is Jesus is wanting to take you from this broken self and make you whole once again. And that social relational aspect is a key part of you living in a healthy, stable, functional way. That's good. So did Willard give any examples of specific key relationships that are important to give you that sense of being cared for? Yeah, initially it is like parents. And so that's why, I mean, things like that, when a baby cries and a mom or dad picks them up and they begin to know that person as their comforter and the one who, again, no baby obviously knows this, even most parents won't think about this, but that baby is now making connections to this person can help me regulate. Like I, you know, they have a dirty diaper that's the end of the world for them because Mm -hmm. they know something is wrong and they don't know if that's going to get fixed or not. And a parent comes and picks them up, changes the diaper. It's now dry again and everything's brought back to normal. That has just taught them how to regulate through challenges in life, which may sound silly, but that's legitimately what's happening. And they're learning Mm -hmm. to make that connection with somebody that somebody else is helping them do that. That's good. And then over time, as that brain and heart matures, that looks different, obviously. So there's key relationships early on, like parents or maybe siblings that are older or caregivers, grandparents, nannies, whoever. We need to know that there's people there that are for us and connecting. As we grow, uh, he talks about how those relationships do turn into friendships, that you have relationships with people that know you, that know, have experiences and memories with you, and they still love you and are still there and they're for you and they think about you, and they reach out to you, those things are affirming um, who we are as an individual. Uh, Then obviously, he talks a lot about marriage and kind of, you know, if you trace a person's life, kind of restarting that and creating their own family then together. Um, So a lot of key relationships. Uh, We'll talk about this maybe at the end, but obviously what Jesus is doing in uh, the church now is he's creating these new communities of people that are a people of comfort, generosity, care, love, mm. self-giving, um, and that that is forming a new type of family, that all those things I just mentioned are a picture of this eternal family that Jesus is building. And so for Christians today, that's why our church communities are so important, um, because they are 
a community of people that are in some ways voluntarily entering into this relationship with mm-hmm. us, loving us even through highs, but also low moments of sin or pain or hurt or weakness and still being there and loving us. And all of those things then are key relationships that are images of our relationship yeah. with the triune God. That's good. And honestly, that's maybe why sometimes church relationships feel so messy because we have so many different backgrounds and we're coming together acting as a family. But then there are brothers and sisters who did not get raised with this understanding that they were cared for and had a stable environment. And so all of our mess is trying to interact with one another. And to be honest, that's really hard to love other people like that. So perhaps everyone in our church community and family who have loved through hard times and who have made people feel stable when they didn't grow up with a stable environment. Yeah. I mean, that's no small thing. Like sometimes we can think, well, these people are nice to me, or it's nice to have some close friends. Again, Willard would say, look, if, if you, it's not just a nice thing to add on to your life. If you don't have it, you're, he calls you a walking wounded, or mm. you, you have a piece of yourself that is in shambles and it's not fully functioning and you can't be a uh, a holistic person without key relationships that are for you and with you and so that's why it's so important and why we you know talk about a lot about here at providence like knowing our past and our relationships and honoring good relationships that you've had mm-hmm. cuz you are any level of health you have in part is because of some good relationships that have helped your heart and mind develop in a somewhat healthy way. And it's also true that a lot of hurt that we have from the past, a lot of the ways that we act today is out of um, certain defense mechanisms that we've built and survival tactics when those relationships have not been what they were supposed to be, which is true of every human being Mm -hmm. because we have parents, we have siblings, we have friends that were not perfect. And so our stories are littered with people that in God's kindness have been really good and healthy for us and people that have hurt us. Um, And so that's why I think it's important to know that, be aware of those things so that we can move forward in health. And again, we don't want to promote like we're not just victims of our past, but those things are real that we need to be aware of. And you are acting today out of the good and the bad of your relational structures that you've had in your story. Right. Okay. So then if you're saying that pretty much all of us have some form of brokenness and we're walking around with these broken relationships, how then would Willard say that we can transform our relationships or help ourselves get out of that if we kind of grew up with this mentality that we weren't in a cared for or stable environment. Not for everyone, but for some people. Yeah, I think first off, it really is becoming aware of your own story and the reality of your past. You can just start today and say, well, I'm just going to relate to people better. And that's just not true. Like you will continue to see people, see yourself and see the world and social dynamics around you in the light of how you've lived in the past. So I would say a huge encouragement if you haven't, done some work on being honest about your own story. And there's different tools that um, I use or other people here at Providence use to help people get there. There's some that are real intense. There's some that are not quite as intense, but it's helping people become aware of the past. And one, again, I know I said this, but just to make sure we can often, when we think of that, I think fall into the, oh yeah, who's all the people that 
hurt me or like the bad things that have happened to me. Yeah. That's good to be aware of. It's also really good to be aware of all the people that have positively impacted you yeah. and show them honor and like encourage them and tell them that. And also realize that, again, you're not just a nice person because you decided to be a nice, like you have had healthy, good influences that have made you into the positive responses that you have. Yeah. So too with the negative. So that's, that's why good. I think things that are helpful to find both of those are really valuable to us. So I think that's one huge one. One other one I'll say, and then maybe I'll kick it over to you and you can give some thoughts. But another one that's pivotal is actually understanding who God is and what he's done for us in the gospel. And that can sound cliche or whatever, but it you can't actually fully heal into this new self that Jesus is making you into without understanding that Jesus actually died to forgive you of all of your relational sins, but also to heal you from all the relational sins that have been done to you. So all of your relational brokenness and what you've done, what's been done to you is actually healed and forgiven and empowered at the cross. Like his work was actually done there. Um, And so whatever our temptation to believe or our um, propensity to sin might be in relationships. So if you feel Um, really insecure that people will always leave you. There's a reality and a truth in the gospel of Jesus that meets that specific need. If you feel like you don't deserve love because of X, Y, and Z that's happened to you relationally, there is a truth and a reality that's given to you in the death of Jesus that actually meets that need. If you feel like you're just better than most people and that people don't really deserve your time or energy, if there is a truth and reality in the gospel of Jesus that meets that need. So whatever the thing is, and there's probably lots of them, but maybe there's for each of us, usually one or two like large lies that we believe or things that have happened to us right. relationally. Um, the answer really is in receiving the love of God and the truth of the gospel that I don't think you can actually move forward until that is the foundational piece that we need to remember forever, but that has to be the starting point. You're aware of the past. You see how Jesus both redeems that, has been kind through a lot of that, and how how he can actually help you move forward. And then I think there's you know a vision for what that looks like and some ways to move forward in that. But I feel like those are two huge pieces to start with. Yeah, I think that's really good because you are then taking the steps. It's not you kind of sitting there and being like, okay, everyone come minister to me. It necessarily, it's you being like, okay, I know that there's something wrong, that there are things in my past that didn't work out. How can I take those to the Lord and then also figure out some of those lies? However, I will say that's really hard to do on your own. And I do think you need to do that with someone, but you need to take the steps in asking someone and honestly humbling yourself to go and get that help. Yeah, I would say if you know that that's something you probably need to like look into your past a little bit. Yeah, definitely reach out to someone you trust, a pastor, a counselor, a leader in your life, especially if someone's already done some of that work, go to them. And I think it, for me personally, and I know you'd probably say the same, like it's been very transformative to be honest about the good and the bad and just be honest about my story. And it's helped me experience Jesus in really new ways And I think he's healed a lot of things deep down that now I'm beginning to, it feels like, begin to form healthier relationships because I've done those two things and becoming aware of it and seeing how Jesus speaks into some of those things. 
and then you get to experience life in this new community uh, of flourishing relationships and healthy relational dynamics. Yeah. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. And I think that through those conversations, I had to be open and honest and say, hey, I actually do need help rather than sitting and just waiting for someone to come by and be like, oh, do you want help with these things? But once I said I needed help, I had to continue to go further in being honest and vulnerable. And that's hard. But in God's kindness, he used that person to walk alongside me and feel seen and safe to where now in some situations in the past, I wouldn't be able to see God's truth. And now I can actually do that on my own. And yeah, it's just helped my relationships flourish in a really cool way. But as we're talking about all of these things, what are just some practical steps? So we know that we can form relationships around us. We're not necessarily telling people to just cut out a bunch of different relationships. We're telling them to look at their past and then potentially call someone else to just ask that person to walk through those past things and some of the brokenness and the lies. But then what? Like what after that? I think engage well into a healthy church community. Um, we need communities of the gospel and communities of love to help us slowly grow in some of these things. And so there's going to be people in a, you know, we have small groups we call city groups here. So there's going to be people in groups or in church on Sunday that you maybe wouldn't normally get along with or normally hang out with. Or there's going to be a lot of times where you're like, I just don't want to go and engage with people. And I would urge people to consistently be a part of a community, like show up, be a part. And I think over time, the Lord does so much work and consistent communities of love that you can create uh, are huge. And that, honestly, that is that is the New Testament model of relationship and community. All the letters are written to these little churches that are new communities being formed of very different people that are coming together because of Jesus to love and care and serve one another. And so we need that because we need people to love us. But just as much as that, you also, to be a functioning, healthy human being, need key relationships where you also are looking out for someone, where yeah. you're self-giving, where you are being generous and yeah. you're providing encouragement. Yep. And all of that is not just you being good for someone else. It, it, it might be odd to think about it this way, but that's actually you in a functioning, healthy way that you're designed to live. So if you're mm-hmm. not doing that, it's it's not just bad because it's like selfish maybe. It's bad because you can't function healthily in God's image if you're not loving, caring, and giving of yourself because that's who God is. Mm-hmm. And so just as much as you need to receive that, you need to actually give that, not just as a command, although yep. it is, but because you need to live a functioning, healthy, relational life. And a key part of that is you giving some of those things. So I would say yeah. for sure, be in a consistent community with people especially people that maybe you don't naturally get along with or um, that you maybe wouldn't be friends with outside of the work of Jesus in your lives. Thank you for joining us today. The goal of the Christian Formation Podcast is to live all of life with the presence of God. And we do this through conversations about theology, culture, and stories. Please like this, rate it, review it, share it so that it can get out to more people. If you have any questions, email us at formation at providenceomaha.org. We'll see you next week.